Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Career Talks podcast. I'm your host, as always, Orlando Hangs, and here's where we provide you actionable advice for your career in life. And tonight is no shortage of that. If you've seen the flyer, you know the amazing young lady, the queen of branding, who I have joining me tonight. Been a super fan watching her stuff uh, from afar, so she doesn't know it's like a a distant mentor. I'm sure she hears that a lot. <laughs> but if you do not follow her, you absolutely need to do so. Uh, she is a LinkedIn learning instructor, provides amazing live streams. Uh, what I like, it's like watching CNN or uh, a sports channel, actually a sports channel where she has the ticker. I'm not sure if she still does it. And then all the topics she's going to cover and she's hitting them on point making sure she doesn't go overtime, under time, just providing value after value after value. Uh, but let me not labor and bring on Miss Cher Jones. How are you? Fantastic, Orlando. Thank you so much for that introduction. Um, it's so always surreal when you know you hear somebody else talking about you and you're like literally right there. It's just like, wow, people think that of me. That's so <laughs> cool. So yes, thank you for having me on your show. I know it's going to be a great conversation today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for saying yes. Uh, like I said, you know, I watched you from afar um, and you always think folks that are are really putting out so much content and getting uh, super recognition, not only from LinkedIn itself, uh, but, you know, just building their brand. You're like, can you reach out? Do you reach out? Do you connect? Can you connect? You know, are they going to respond or are they just going to be too busy? So luckily enough, I've been blessed to have amazing folks and I appreciate you, you know, for saying yes right, very quickly. So uh, again, appreciate that. But share with folks who Miss Cher Jones is and what you do. Well, um, what I do right now is I help people develop their personal brand at work. So specifically for work is where my lane is. And I train leaders and their teams on building a brand that supports them in their role right now, helps them build their future with their careers, and also makes the company brand look good as well. So anything that I do involves all three of those aspects of personal branding, and I kind of stay right in that lane. So I'm creating content about it, whether it's live streams or or podcast recordings or, or just general content, um, fun content um, around building your brand at work and the strategies and tactics that people can use because out there right now, we are so inundated on how to build your brand as a thought leader. And there are some people mm. at work who definitely want to build their brand as a thought leader. And even the strategies and tactics that I use would be more akin to, to that strategy. However, for most people, when they're building their brand at work, they don't need those strategies. They're overwhelming. They cause burnout. They're not even relevant to what they do. Usually they need to pull them way back in order for them to be the right strategy for them at work. Mm, love that. So let's, let's first ask the question, um, what is personal branding in your terminology? So folks who are watching or watch the replay can fully understand what that means. So it's interesting because I feel like it's important to distinguish what a personal brand is. And mm -hmm. the definition that I use, before we get into the branding part of it, the definition that I use is the story that people tell themselves about you and the expectations they have what as far as what it's going to be like to interact with you in their next mm -hmm. interaction. So the story they tell themselves about you and the interaction that they 
anticipate that they'll have when they work with you, talk to you, connect with you, or whatever the case may be. So branding, if we think about it like that, branding Mm -hmm. is the intentional steps that we take to inform that story. In other words, to give people the language to talk about us, to show people proof that we say who we say we are, we do what we can do, and we've done what we said we've done. So the branding aspect of it, depending on what your goals are, you have to think about how what tactics that you need to take to make sure you are helping people tell the right story about you. Or else for some people who are not taking any tact or not doing anything about their personal brand, it would be there once was a girl named Cher. And that was it. Because that's all they got. Right. (laughs) While if you inform that story by giving them the right language, showing them the proof through content, building a network uh, of people who get to know you better and also use your language to talk about you, it game changes uh, your interactions and it level sets you when you walk in the room and you have what I call the cheers effect where everybody knows your name or at least the Mm. people do. Love that. The cheers effect. Yep. So when it comes to, because I, I love what you said there, because it's really controlling your own narrative, right? Exactly. Uh, in the perception, like you said. So most folks, and uh, I, I'm sure you would agree, don't know that they even have a brand or think it's something that, like, they're saying, okay, if I build a personal brand, it, like it never existed before from starting. Mm-hmm. Would you agree or disagree for folks who are just like, I don't need to build a personal brand? would absolutely, unfortunately, disagree that they definitely need to build a brand and they already have a brand. So again, you can have a a, a basic brand, if you will, where it's like (laughs) uh, there once was a a girl named Cher and she worked at this company and that's all I know, right? So while that seems comfortable for some people, well, they they don't need to know anything about me and that's fine. But then when you step in a meeting, don't you want a brand? Again, the story that people tell themselves about you, Mm. where they're saying, wow, I think Cher can help me do this, this, and that. I think that Cher has a clear understanding of what's going on in this industry or with my pain points. So now they've already told themselves a better story. So the conversation starts in a better place because what you want to do is build that, that trust and credibility. You want to give people that language to talk about you or even to think about you. Imagine what their next interaction will be like or remind them about what you do and how you serve. So most people, especially on a place like LinkedIn, they are building a brand that I would be that I would say is akin to a job seeking brand like in the sense of what they're putting out there it reflects the strategies that you would use more so when you're looking for a job so you're telling everybody what you've done in order to get that job that you want right whereas your brand at work should communicate what you do now and how you help and how you serve in the role that you're in and that's a big um, distinguishing marker right there. So there's there's tons of folks who don't know where to start. Yeah. The how to. And that's what I love about doing this podcast is the actionable advice. I want people to walk away from each episode saying I can implement that right now mm-hmm. and start to progress. So if we as we dive in, what are some initial what's the first step for someone who you, you can answer it either way, whether who 
lacks the awareness of a personal brand or who does and who knows it, but just don't know where to start? Um, I think that's why I love the work that I do in the lane that I'm playing in because personal branding can be super intimidating, mainly because we start to think of this big picture personal brand and all the things that make them them. And sometimes when you can just myopically focus on your brand at work, because a lot of people don't want to build their brand. They're, they're resistant branders, right? But they recognize at least the, the power or, and, and behind building your personal brand at work because they, they, they'll connect it to the idea of reputation, right? Mm-hmm. So when you think about your personal brand and especially when if it becomes overwhelming because now they're thinking about everything the story of the story of share right and all the things that make me me right yes those things are important when you're building that big picture and trying to describe truly who you are in the world but again for many people that's intimidating but when you can focus in on what you do for a significant portion of your days right now right? Focus on that service, focus on who you need to help, right? And the problem that you're solving, you can do the first part, which is developing the brand or defining the brand experience that you want to have. So you got to think about that. You want to think, how do I want people to experience me when they have a conversation with me, when they um, look me up on LinkedIn? And if we go double click into focusing on LinkedIn as a, as a brand building exercise. You want to make sure that you clearly are communicating what you do now, who you help, what you help them do and why they can trust you. Right. And that why they can trust you is the other part of your, your, your history, your experience, the things that you lean on to do what you do the things that have informed your journey to now. Because at the end of the day, we want to work with people we trust that that are able to do the job. No matter what position or whether you're a business owner um, in a position on a team, as a consultant, you need to be able to clearly exp- explain and describe the problem that you solve. So again, when people see their problem, they're like, oh, I'm in the right place. That's a part of your brand experience. Now, the trust, I see you, the way you show up, um, and the way if I meet you face-to-face on Zoom or whatnot, it's it, it's it's cohesive. It's the same person. And that takes a little time to get there, but it, it can be done. But again, um, after you've defined who that audience is, what their problem is, and how you want them to see you, the next part of that is starting to articulate that message. So you want to master that message. You want to be able to clearly um, give people, and I've said it earlier, give people the language to talk about you. Well, mm. you have to tell you have to tell them how you can help them, and then what you lean on as as far as your expertise goes, so that they can trust you to help them. I like what you said about brand experience. I don't think I've heard it that way before. It's how they're going to experience not only you, but your content, I would assume. At least that's how it registers in my brain. It's like once they come across your page, like you mentioned, LinkedIn, how do they just consume and experience everything you're putting out there? Um, I like that. So when it comes to that building that experience, uh, like you said, the trust factor, how can 
how much would you share and in, in, in emphasize consistency, um, especially because we're in this digital space, um, both on LinkedIn and in, in the workplace to mm-hmm. help build that better brand experience? Well, I mean, content is a great place to start, but not everybody is a active content creator. So they can take either, if they're not an active content creator, they can take it from the approach of, um, let me think of a few things that are going to anchor in Mm. trust. So they could, this is in the the media world, they call it evergreen content or evergreen topics, the way you're going to talk about it. doesn't matter when you, when you come across this piece of content, you know, summer, winter, spring, or fall, it's still relevant right now. So you try not to date that, but it, it verifies or validates some of your, some of your um, credibility in that sense, because you're putting it out there and you're showing people what you know, or how you've helped. You're talking about those stories. You're sharing advice to those you would serve. Um, And this is this is incredibly important, but again, for some people, depending on what their brand goals are, if they have a more, I would say, passive brand, and, and a passive brand is okay. I want to get people in in the world of not everybody's going to be out here in these LinkedIn streets connecting and posting and connecting and commenting and DMing and all that stuff all the time. Their job mm-hmm. just doesn't require it, nor do they have the the vision to, or or even the inkling or the the desire to do that. That's the word I was looking for. So for some people, they need more of a a passive brand again. So when you look them up, they're credible, they're professional, and it clearly sets the stage for how they can help you. Right. And then from, from the content perspective, to get back to your question is they have some pieces of content probably pinned to their profile that shows proof of what they say they do right? And that occasional activity. But then as you move in along the branding spectrum, for those who need to actively use their brand as a part of the work that they do, we're not even talking thought leader yet. They are actively moving into that influential space. So they have to influence decisions. They have to build relationships. They have to perhaps attract more talent. They have to be out Mm. there depending on their role. Then we're talking about How am I going to not only be credible when you look me up, but how do I stay top of mind? So that becomes now, what is the the activity that makes sense for the goals that you have? And that changes and it it starts to, you'll you'll notice as the further you move along the branding spectrum, you're moving in from influence to authoritative. And so from influence, it's about... It's, it's about staying top of mind. So being there, um, whether it's, again, on LinkedIn or elsewhere, where people remember you. Because most people lose opportunities not because that other person who had the opportunity didn't think they couldn't do the job or take advantage of the opportunity. They didn't remember that they could. So when you mm. think about that, if you have a, a role where you need to, again, stay top of mind to, to be successful in that role, to be remembered, to be referred, right? Those are things that you have to start keeping in mind. Your activity does matter more. And it's not just on LinkedIn, but those are things that matter. And then for those who are building a more authoritative brand, so industry-wide respect, getting on those stages, getting... um 
getting within the media, building a business mm. that requires, you know, constant visibility and expanded visibility. So amplification of who they are, um, then there's much more of an investment of time, energy, and effort on LinkedIn or whatever social makes sense for their, for their strategy. So you mentioned passive brand. So yes. what you went into, there's different levels to it, obviously, mm -hmm. right from influencer to authoritative uh, brand. And you mentioned earlier what you do from a business perspective where you help individuals, you know, create more of a, a more influence or authoritative brand that kind of helps them in the workplace. Connect the dots for those folks who think me posting on LinkedIn, creating content, how does that help me in the workplace, right? Can you, can you yeah, connect that dot for those folks to see how that influential platform can, can help you? Absolutely. I mean, if you think about it every day, um, as much as we tend to default to describing LinkedIn or mm -hmm. those who are not too active on the platform right now, they'll describe it as a place to look for a job. And then the first response usually is, well, I'm not looking for a job. Well, great. <laughs> because <laughs> most people on LinkedIn right now, I would, I would haphazard a guess and say they're not looking for a job either. Right. So most people are using it as a part of their daily interaction in their professional world through their professional connections. Mm -hmm. So the one thing that we can look at to measure um, our key before I call them key, uh, your brand, your personal brand at work KPIs. Mm -hmm. Right. So by creating a brand that works for you right? Helps you in your role, helps you build your career and makes the company brand look good too. And that's something that we should definitely talk about because there's such a win-win opportunity there, but I'll put a pin in that. So basically you have is a brand um, where people want to work with you, right? They're choosing, they want to work with you. They think that you have these skills, you'd be an asset to work with, um, but they also want to work for you. So for, especially those in leadership, so work with you work for you, refer you, and that could be for business, for opportunities from within, um, champion you. So you've got those who are really advocating for your success. So senior leadership that could be advocating for who you are, and then also learn from you. So that, to me, those five things work with you, for you, refer you, advocate for you, and champion you. Uh, sorry, champion you and learn from you. Those five things all together, that to me is a winning brand at work, right? So that is something when your brand is doing all of that, the sky's the limit as far as opportunities. You are remembered more. Again, people have the language to talk about you and to advocate for you, right? Because most times, especially now in these leadership programs, people will be connected to a sponsor or champion. Mm -hmm. But then the person who's connected, so that person who's coming up doesn't have the um, the goods to give to that sponsor or champion so that that person can better advocate for them. So this is one of the ways that that can, that can serve you. Again, people wanting to work with you, that means you're, you're more of an asset to the company because you have these skills and perhaps they want to learn from you because they have those skills or they can lean into you and know that you can get it done. Right. So you, you go from invisible to influential. Mm, love that. 
So, <clears throat> excuse me, with the, the let's dive into it because you touched on it twice. <laughs> There's this, you're not sure if you've seen the article, it came from LinkedIn a while ago about the, uh, the employee, what is it, the employee creator or content creator employee. Um, <clears throat> so, which talks about exactly what you said, how the brand of an employee can help the employer. Yes. So dive into the nuggets of that. I think. Okay. And it's so juicy of a nugget <laughs> because we all know that there is a certain cachet, especially like depending on your employer, you might be, you have to look at if you're proud to work where you are, there's a, there's a, there's a win-win for you to be saying, I work with this company. Right. Mm -hmm. But then also you become the win for the employer when you're starting to talk about, because not everything has to be this professional discussion around the work that you do. You can talk about culture You can in the workplace. You can talk about the things that are happening, which also um, are, they, that helps the employer. So that helps your, your company attract better talent because they can see the, the things that are happening inside the workplace, if that's something that you're posting about, or if you're showcasing that your employer is supporting you as you, as you do something in, in your professional community, in your, in your community where you serve and live, whatever the case may be, that then also is a great thing for attracting, attracting talent, retaining talent. And also if you are an expert, for example, where you're putting out content. So you're a subject matter expert on a, on a particular, uh, product program, whatever, and you're starting to put out content that would help either the sales or service as far as explaining how something works or showing break, breaking down how it can be used, whatever, whatever the content, that useful content. Now, again, you make the company look good. Mm -hmm. And as well, um, it, 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 you are now getting this visibility that you might not otherwise have had because now you've raised your value. You have a, a better network to, to pull from as well. And it's interesting how these, these two are working in tandem. And so the, the article that you're referencing was Cisco wanting to, to train all, or oh, they yeah. have in one way or another trained all 84,000 of their employees to become influencers on LinkedIn. And while that may sound intimidating, I'm sure there's degrees to that training. I actually on LinkedIn Learning, I did a, I did a, um, I did a course on how to leverage your employee creators and the different strategies that you can mm -hmm. actually start right now at work um, to to work with your creators to create content to have um, what I call an EGC. Um, campaign. So employee generated content campaign mm. where you can, again, showcase those moments, showcase the connection, showcase the thought leadership, right? There's so many different things that you can do with your employees where it becomes a win-win because when you're showcased, people are talking about you, especially right now because it, uh, companies are dying for content. They need that authentic content because people buy things from people they know, like, and trust. And when they see the real people behind what's being, um, what's being served or created or anything like that or produced, um, it, it just becomes richer for them to, to share it out. And if you talk to anybody in marketing, so any marketing director, VP of direct, VP of marketing, they are content strapped. They want that type of content. <laughs> so it's a great way, especially if you've worked on your brand, 
that articulates mm-hmm. what you do and how you serve to get noticed. And then you get access to what I call hidden opportunities at work. We know there's a job, hidden job market, but at work, there are hidden opportunities. Why do some people get to speak on behalf of your company? Why are some people invited to join the task force or invited to, to speak for the we- at the webinar or do the go to different events? Why? Because people know that they have the skills or they have the presence or people want to work with them or for them. They get mm-hmm. referred. <laughs> so all of a sudden, and they get championed to be able to do that. So those are like proof that your, your brand is working for you. And again, streets are watching. So they see you. And if you want to leverage that as a strategy, start showcasing the skills that you have for the company through creating content so you can get more of what you want. Like we can end it right there and get have people just go <laughs> go attack it, but they still need the the how-to steps. And so I love what you're sharing, Cher, because and for the folks that are watching, Steve, David, uh, I'm just taking massive notes. I'm just letting you know, Cher. I'm gonna, I'm gonna steal some of this stuff. <laughs> okay, but that's I, okay. But I'm, I'm writing the book on sure. it, so I tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I, I'm so passionate about that space there because you know I share my personal content there. But it, it for me, it's kind of a it works because I'm in talent acquisition and I'm doing a career podcast, you know, coaching folks and things like that. So it kind of aligns perfectly with what I do around. And again, the visibility. What would you say for folks who have a side hustle mm-hmm. still creating valuable content? And can that help still with the, with their, you know, with their place of work? Absolutely. So I started, so I've been doing this as like, I've been doing this whole personal branding thing since, believe it or not, 2013 full-time. So I've been doing it 10 years full-time in these these LinkedIn branding streets. And before that, I was working um, in a government communications position where I was responsible for an entire division of the city. And um, one of the things back then was social media was just becoming a thing. So what I did, because most of the communicators, this, this is a, a organization of 37,000 employees. So they had at least 125 to 130 communicators employed by the city. And um, one of the things that I did off the side of my desk was create a social media training program for the city. Another thing that I did, so for the city's communicators, because a lot of them were um, more established. They've been in in the game for a long time, so they never really played with social media at that time. In like between wow. 2009 and 2013, they they there wasn't a thing for them. So it was important. And one of the things that I had to do was build my reputation as the person you call when you when you say social media, you said Cher Jones in the same sentence. And that took time. And then being able to add my expertise so that what I'm modeling here is looking for opportunities to add your expertise where you are if there is that option to do so. And I know that's not always the case. So another thing that I was doing is I helped the city develop their first policy on social media. At the time, only 25 people out of 37,000 employees had social media access and I was one of them. So I helped them develop their policy. So I used what I was doing and I shared it 
while sharing that this is what I'm building on the side. So I was very transparent about that. And then the other thing I was overly transparent about when I did my, when I was building my business on the side. So I would tell people, especially um, at the time there was like Buffer and Hootsuite were just starting up and you could tweet and I would literally prove them. I'm like, look, I just tweeted right now, even though I haven't touched my computer or phone. And so like I had to train them on, you know, I was working and I was working when I'm supposed to be working and I wasn't. So to, to further click into what you were saying is, so say for example, you're building a, a consulting company and you know that one, the biggest thing is make sure there's no conflict of interest. But um, let's say you're doing a life coaching business, right? And you you are dealing with grief, for example. You could do lunch and learns at work about your grief counseling or dealing with grief at work or whatever the case may be to get your brand up. You'd be surprised at how many people at work become some of your first referral partners, right? And what do we talk about when you're brand at work, when people want to refer you and champion you and learn from you, mm -hmm. look for those opportunities to do that, even if it's outside of your role. And then that other piece is around um, that being very transparent and forthcoming with how you are spending your time so that people don't kind of side eye you like, hey, are you doing this on company time? Like it's, it's, it, that's where it can get scary. But if you can prove that you're not, and you can prove that how it serves um, what you're doing, it's a great thing. Love it. So yeah, quickly just tell folks, you know, LinkedIn now has a scheduler. So <laughs> the scheduling yes. those posts ahead of time, you're, exactly. you're stacking your content and at least <laughs> any, anything that's not live uh, content. So we talked about content itself. And there's different types of content, but I want to touch on from, uh, like you said, building your your employee brand that helps the employer. And you said marketing. You mentioned marketing departments. Marketing does it differently than the average Joe or Jane would do it. Meaning, it may be a little more raw when we're doing, you know, just recording on our phone. Hey, we're at this event, such and such, versus this well-crafted, you know, curated look company branded, what would you say benefits the employer most or should it be a combination of the two? Is it raw, curated, both? How, how do you think that should work? I think you definitely need a bit of both, right? There are, there are products and services that, especially right now, the expectations haven't changed as far as how people are putting into um, how much money, time, effort, and energy, especially based off of the cost of the product, that mm -hmm. we expect a certain level of branding and a certain level of presentation. But there are time, times and places where we can find that more raw content, right? Where it's like employee-generated content, mm -hmm. right? So that could be you're doing a campaign and you, you're very clearly articulating articulating to your employees, hey, we're doing a, a campaign on friends at work, right? And we want you to send, and then you can, it doesn't have to be like you're encouraging them to post outside yet. You can, if mm -hmm. depending on, again, the, or depending on the comfort level of the people who are leading up and championing this campaign, 
um, you can have them submit it to a, a, a particular um, email address. And we're going to be picking some of the best um, things and then put the, putting that out on their LinkedIn, on the LinkedIn page, and then tagging them, of course, in it. And when we, we get to see ourselves, that's incredible. Also, all content is not necessarily for the internet. And that's something that I've been preaching for a long time now. There are so many opportunities where you can create content and literally have an audience of five, but that five could be a VP of something, um, you know, the right people seeing that content that could then see you in a hidden opportunity that you had no idea existed. And all of a sudden they're saying, wouldn't Orlando be great to do our company podcast or be on stage representing us here because they're seeing your skills somewhere else. And so this is what I think that those who have the aspiration, this is not for everybody, but those who have the aspiration of stepping into those roles they see other people doing at work, where they're like, how did, how did they get that? <laughs> right? Yep. Well, prove yep. that you can. Put your name in their mouth by letting them see the content. And again, it doesn't necessarily have to go on LinkedIn because sometimes the right people may not necessarily see that content because we know we are at the mercy of the algorithm as well. So you might have to find the right way that people can see what you're doing. And again, sometimes it does. Sometimes like yourself, you're building this, you build this podcast that actually serves what you do at work. And that's an incredible thing. So you can look for the, the crossovers mm-hmm. where, you're, where you're showcasing a particular talent that you use at work and to create. And you've just increased your value. And then what I would always suggest is as people are starting to leverage their personal brand in an active way. So we talked about the passive, which what I call a professional, incredible brand. And then we're moving into an active brand, again, a brand that serves them in their role and they actively have to use their brand as as a part of their success strategy to get to where they want. Um, That's where you can start to plan how you're leveraging your personal brand um, in your performance planner. So, so you have it there so that people, if, cause sometimes streets are watching a little too much and they're looking at you, yo, Orlando, man, you're doing too much. Cause we're not trying to do all that. Right. And they're, they're, because you're rewarded through your activity and you're showcasing the skills you have, you will, there will be people who might be watching you and it was little side eyes, like wondering, yo, why are you doing all that much? And right. it's really because they're not willing to do that. And that's totally fine. But it, when you include those actions in your performance planner on how you're leveraging your personal brand to do your job better, then it, it, you're more insulated from any outside attacks if, 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 uh, um, if you're picking up what I'm putting down. Yeah, got it. I love that you <laughs> mentioned performance planner because I actually created a planner for that. So <laughs> awesome. But uh, so when you so packaging is huge. How do you present this? How does the employee come to the employer and say, hey, this is an idea I have. Um, I'm building my personal brand. I think it'll benefit the company. Is there ways that we can work together for it to make sense as part of, you know, this is some additional ad hoc duty. How far should they map it out if they wanted it to be part of their, their nine to five saying, you know, I could commit one day every biweekly to produce some of this content. 
you know, for the employer. So how would an employee package that to bring that to an employer? It's interesting. One of the best ways to do that is by creating a pilot version of what Mm -hmm. it is you want to do with a full plan, like with a, okay, here's the next six, here's the idea for the next six. Let's say they're doing a podcast, for example, whether it's video or whatever first. So, and it's, it's amazing that you asked this. So I have a full course that will literally walk someone through the steps of that. And it's on LinkedIn learning. So if you have access to LinkedIn learning, it's free 99, my friends. And literally what I tell people to do is use the word pilot because pilot seems very safe. We're going to test it. But people say no to what they don't know. So the more that you can give them the answer of what this could look like, show them a sample. It doesn't have to be a fully produced out version, but here's here's what we were thinking or here's what I was thinking. And here's the problem it directly solves because that's one of the most important things is connecting your content to a purpose, which is a problem right? And here's how I want to use that. And here's what this, here's what, okay, this is this episode, but here are four other topics that tie into the problem that this is going to help solve, right? And then what I would encourage, and and employees don't do it enough, because remember, you are actually, you're actually, if it's good stuff, if there's potential there, ask for budget or support, So that budget could simply mean Fiverr budget, (laughs) finding somebody on Fiverr to edit it for you. Because I I read this book, I just finished reading it last week, it's called Who Not How. And it's by Dan Sullivan and uh, Dr. Benjamin Hardy. And they really did a really uh, phenomenal job of articulating, you need to find more who's in your life instead of trying to figure out the how of everything that you're trying to do. Because a lot Mm. of times, and, and I am you look up, you're doing too much in the dictionary. I've learned to do too many things in my life. And I think I've wasted so much time. Yes, cool, they're skills, but they're school, skills I'm never going to sell. So I would have been far off better and probably way further ahead had mm. I found the right who's to do it instead of trying to figure out how. So there's a, there's a case for that. And especially when you can you can also articulate the case of I'm spending my time doing this. And if I find someone who can edit it, then it's like, I can do this hands off. It's going to cost us 30 bucks to find somebody on Fiverr or whatever the the price. I've totally made that up. I don't know what it costs, but um, you know, you can find somebody who can do that so that, and then the value to solving this problem. Also, if you communicate that um, it becomes a very, compelling case for the content because again, companies need more real, authentic content. There's a big problem when I see companies that mm-hmm. is it's funny, I have like a list of things where it's like you're clearly not using your your employee creators when you only use stock photos, when you only have highly mm-hmm. produced um, videos, everything is like perfect and polished. We want more than that. That's great. And you need it in our current in our current structure, but you also need that lean in. You're talking almost not necessarily in real time, but pretty close of the stuff that's going on right now that didn't take six months to produce and sign off on and everything like that. There is a there's a happy me- medium. So oh boy. I know exactly what you're talking about there. <laughs> so with that, um <clears throat> I love that. Connect uh connecting content to the problem. Yes. 
So in my space, if I if I package it to go to an employer, to my employer and say, hey, my branding is to to drive more, you know, applicants. Yes. You know, uh, to attract to, talent. To more, right. To attract talent. <clears throat> Do a pilot. Because the idea you mentioned, uh, you know, uh, whether it be, you know, audio visual, I've seen one company do, um, a sh- it was like a minute podcast, but it was just audio, but they had visual with it, not two people talking. It just showed the picture of two people who were talking in the audio. Mm-hmm. And there was a transition between it. And I was like, that's so cool. But if it was one minute sound bites about the how to, the next thing, best practices, I was like, that's something that's really, really cool that can be produced fairly easy, like you said, yeah. on you know, w- with a fiber budget through the company. From an employer standpoint, uh, the other article I've seen was it was just that you just said it to rise of the creative employee from mm-hmm. the editor in chief of LinkedIn. What there was talks about, you mentioned earlier too, that the person who's doing the content can build a personal brand so big that it now begins to create other outside opportunities for them, speaking engagements, things like this. Um, Do you still see that as a fear from employees wondering like, hey, what if this? And then now uh, two years later, this person's gone off to be a a public speaker uh, and we we led them to that path. Are they still fear of their brand getting too big and having outside opportunities? Absolutely. But either way, we are now in a space where one, it doesn't happen as frequently as you think, right? And at the same time, it's like, but what did they do for your company while they were there? Right. And 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 leaders are supposed to attract and 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 build more leaders, more to to replicate themselves, not exactly everything, but like they're supposed to make more leaders. That's the job. Right. So no one, just like a company is, is not mandated to be loyal to you for the rest of your life. It's the same way, like things happen, but look at leveraging the, the people for the time that you have them. And that sounds scary for an employer. And I get that, but make them want to stay. Right. And some people, they just will have that brand that that's the way they would have gone that way regardless. But a lot of people, they retain their top talent because they're in a place where they actually want to work. They're representing their companies. And and again, this is this there is that, you know, that again, that fear that people are going to go. A lot of people will, but a lot of people won't because of that pride of association, that recognition and the reward that comes with. Um, that that comes with um, creating this type of content. And if the company is doing it right, where they are recognizing their employee creators and they are rewarding them, not necessarily monetarily, but that's always nice, but they mm-hmm. could reward them in the sense of, I see this skill set and we can actually use this here. Or we're recognizing that you're bringing in talent and what can we do with that as far as, make that part of your job. If they're that person's loving it, there's so many ways that, um, this connects to, again, the recognition reward and retention of employees. And then, and also the building of the company brand too. Like what are they doing with their work? Love it. 
let me take a step back. You mentioned performance planning, or, yes. you know, having that. Um, what's your idea of that and the impact that can have for your brand? I think you'll get more support because um, social media and seeing someone who is building, especially if they're building their brand outwardly, right? And they're doing these things outwardly and they are attracting that incredible attention that comes with a well-branded person, right? Um, if you're doing it in the cut, like if you're just doing it, you didn't talk to anybody about it, you leave, you leave room for questions and people filling in the gap. But if you're very, and, and so they're like, what? Cause especially right now, there's still this ideas. If you're out there, are you, are you looking for a job, right? The minute you get active on, on social. And that's why my, my way yeah. of helping people brand themselves at work, rather than branding themselves for, for a job, they, they talk about what they do now and how they serve now. So it, it's a, it's a different strategy in that sense. But the reason why I think it's so important is because when you start to bring this in to your performance planner and you're talking about, well, how am I going to improve from this quarter to that quarter or from this year to next year, whatever your, your time frame is, if it's six months, whatever the time frame is, and you talk about some of the strategies that you're going to use, then it's not a shock when people see you leveraging these strategies. And again, not everything's for LinkedIn you might have a strategy where you're going to speak at different associations because you're trying to attract talent from those associations. And then as a result, of course, you're sharing it on LinkedIn if that's a part of what you're doing, because that strategy then allows you to connect with those people that you met on uh, at the event and they can comment. And then all of a sudden you're, you're building a pipeline of, of, connected candidates or prospect <laughs> prospective candidates <laughs> right through that activity and that's just like one way and i'm just thinking of yours personally but again it's connecting the dots on the why you're doing this and then when you can track success behind it mm -hmm. you might open up room and opportunity for you to do bigger things and so but by communicating that first part of what you're doing it allows I would say personally, especially if you can prove the success around the strategy. And so everybody's strategy is different depending on what it is they're trying to accomplish in their role. But once you can connect the success, now you can look for support for that success. And that's, I think, one of the key areas that people don't think about because now you're, you're, ba you're basically building a business case. Mm -hmm. I love it. It's it's funny because everything you're saying, uh, for the most part, I experienced. Uh, I've shared a, a few times throughout the broadcast. Um, years ago, had an employer. I pitched the marketing CMO um, and said, "Hey, you do live, I do live." Long story short, they turned over resources, meaning the entire marketing company sponsored my podcast uh, for the company. Right, so that was running for a little bit. So experienced that this was a billion dollar company. They were like, great. We see you building a personal brand. I was leading t talent acquisition. It was driving more talent. The also piece you said about people watching, they watch, it comes up constantly to this day. And if my, if my friend is watching, uh, being in boardrooms at the table, the fact that I do a podcast comes up in conversation, right? So that's, that's something that it always shocks me, always shocks me because that lets me know, okay, to your point, employers need more content. 
they're leveraging your talent or your your brand and saying, hey, you know, she does, he does this. And sometimes you're wondering, it has nothing to do with the topic, but you're bringing it out just to draw more interest. I'm like, oh, oh, that's cool. What do you do? And then it becomes, you know, part of the conversation. Share some of the benefits that you personally are experiencing now through building your personal brand with the folks that can say, you know what? I, she has a rock star, but I can do that too. Um, so the benefits of building your, so one of the things that I would say is you've got fans in the room that you're not even in because people mm. know and trust you because you're showing up and you, you through your content, this is really through that content, whether it's you appearing, for example, you're giving me the platform to talk about what I do, right. And people getting exposed to that. So, and, and. And then especially now in a place of, in a world with chat GPT, right? Everybody can write themselves an article and all of a sudden look like they are, you know, a superstar in what they know. But right. then when you talk to them, you realize they can't apply that knowledge that they seem to put out there. So being able to prove what you know builds trust. And so when you think about from a brand experience perspective, right, people get to experience your brand all the time. So one thing that I want when I think about my brand experience is I want people to always experience an aha moment or that they're learning something and they want to lean into the learning that's built into the way that I share my knowledge, the way that I um, put content out there. I want people to just feel like, wow, that was worth my time, especially in a, in a day and age where there's so much content out there for someone to click in and to watch and to stay tuned. You know what I mean? That's a big deal. So for me, if you think about your brand experience, like what do you want people to think of or experience so that they can later on champion you, right? They're literally advocating for you because they had an experience that was so positive that they're like, yes, no, I trust her. And they never met me face to face or shook my hand or anything like that, but they're willing to, to champion me um, in places. So um, that's why people need to do this is because you are putting the proof out there. Content is proof yep. and it. it's an opportunity to experience you. Brand experience. You got to write a book on that brand experience. I am. <laughs> oh, cool. Awesome. I am. <laughs> So uh, we're coming up on time and I want to be mindful of that. Um, what's your top three things? And it's a two part question. Top th three things that people can do to get started. And then part two would be what are your top, you know, one to two, three things that people should understand about personal branding again to kind of close it out. Okay. So top number one thing they should do is go to personalbrandingquiz.com. So personalbrandingquiz.com. The reason why I want them to go there is I've developed an eight question quiz that will help you to um, figure out what your next move should be, where you should focus on building your brand, because it really, the advice changes depending on the goal. So that whole branding continuum that I talked about, if you just wanted a professional, incredible brand, do you need to have an active brand or you try it where it's an active and influential brand, or are you trying to build an authoritative brand? So the advice would be different depending on what it is your goals are right? So start there, go to personalbrandingquiz.com. The, the next thing I would do is 
I would, and this is pretty much across the board, is take a look at the language right now that is out there, how you communicate what you do and how you serve, whether that's how you introduce yourself or how your bios are set up on, on LinkedIn, for example, especially like your headline. Does it clearly communicate what you do and how you serve now? Right. Or is it just your most updated, your most updated title and everything you did to get the job basically, but nothing Mm -hmm. about what you do now. So what I want you to do is make sure the language matches what you do now. And I think that's the best place to start before you go anywhere else is just like, take a look, level set your brand right now. Do you show up credibly? Are you professional in how you show up? Do you give people the language to talk about you? Can I refer you with what I find online? And that's a really good place to start. And then what would be two or three things that people should understand about personal branding to kind of close it out? Okay. So um, I think it kind of, if we, we full circle this, it comes back mm-hmm. to personal branding is a story that other people are telling them, or, or your personal brand is a story that other people are telling themselves about you. So you have an incredible opportunity while you can't control the narrative, you have an incredible opportunity to influence the narrative. So you really have to think is what sort of influence do I, do I want to have? So, and as well, your career is one of the biggest investments that you you've ever made in your entire life. It determines your, where you're going to go, what you got and what you had, right? Because of your ability and not just your current job, but your, your career, whether that's, you know, a second stream of income, your job, whatever it is. This has such a huge impact on your future wealth and success. So don't leave your career to chance by giving yourself a basic brand, right? You have to learn how to articulate your true value. So you got to give your value a voice, right? Or else you are going to stay, um, especially now, Um, you will stay invisible. So the branded wheel gets the grease. And that's just how things work now, right? The more people have, the better story they can tell themselves about you. The higher the level of trust, the easier it is for me to say, yeah, I've been motivated to want to work with you, for you, refer you, champion you, or learn from you. These things are all part of your personal brand. Don't be forgotten because you chose not to show up. And that's what I got to say about that. <laughs> no basic brands. Love no. <laughs> Final question for you, share uh, is what gets you going every day? Why do you do what you do? Oh, you know what it is? It's really about, I just think that there's so many, um, everybody is experiencing challenges around showing up and getting everything that they deserve right? There's so many barriers for everyone. Like it's no longer just um, a one set of people or whatever the case may be. I think in every, in, in so many different ways, everybody has some sort of barrier. And one way to level the playing field is by helping people to, to articulate just, you know, to own their awesome. Right. And, and I 
see awesome people. It's like, I don't know if you ever saw the movie um, Sixth Sense. It's like, I see dead people. Well, I see awesome people and I get so excited about the potential that I see for them. And I really want them to win. And I see the, the dots being connected between all the things they've done and how it influences what they do. And it really excites me when someone, when I hear someone's story and I'm able to play it back in a way that is so succinct and they're like, oh my gosh, that's me. <laughs> that's me. That's exactly how I think I would say it. Cause I'm really good at matching the language with the person, but still mm -hmm. like kind of helping them upgrade how they would say it in a more succinct way. And they're just like, wow. And so for me, when they have what I would call a Dorothy moment, when they recognize, oh my gosh, it's in me all along. It's in me all along. Like this is my brand and this is what I bring to the table to serve. This is definitely something that for me just excites me. It really does. Like I, I'm giddy just thinking about it. And then the strategies to come up with that, like it literally makes me giddy. <laughs> Incredible. That's super cool. Uh, any last, um, Thing you want to share, program, anything that you want folks to drive through aside from the personalbrandquiz.com, anything else you'd like to share? Yeah. I mean, personalbrandingquiz.com is probably the best place to send people. Again, connect people, connect with me over on um, LinkedIn, because if you feel that personal brand, your, your work should be paying to help you and your team build their personal brand. You're absolutely correct. And I have corporate training programs that do just that, that help leaders and their teams build a brand that again, helps them in their job right now, builds their career and makes the company brand look good as well. So I have full training programs and, and, and micro programs on how to do that. Or if you've, you're a leader and you want to get some coaching on building your personal brand um, so that more people want to work with for and um, refer you and champion you and learn from you, I can help you do that. And yes, your company should be paying for it too. So I can, I can definitely help you um, with that path. So feel free to connect with me and I would love to train you and your team. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much uh, for saying yes again, showing up, dropping tremendous gems for us to actual uh, implement and implement like right now, which is the whole premise, of, as I mentioned. So again, I'm a super fan. Love what you're doing. Uh, definitely, folks, check out her LinkedIn learning classes. I'm on the second class. I, the one you did with the other gentleman was, it, it was super cool. <laughs> it was definitely different. I love that the way you guys uh, partnered and collaborated on that. But again, thank you so, so much. Uh, if you have any questions for sure, she, she just opened the door. Uh, feel free to connect, shoot, shoot her her questions. Go to personalbrandquiz.com. Find out what you need and then uh, connect with Cher. Until Definitely. next time, folks. Yep. We'll see you next time. Bye.